the reason why I want to talk about, I want to show this picture of Trevor is not just to brag him up, though he is awesome. I wanted you to look at that amazing sweatshirt. Doesn't he kind of look like Jim Carrey? He can act like Jim Carrey, too. He's a fantastic actor and singer-dancer. You know how MTs are. Um, I know the mug is distracting because it says genius, so that has nothing to do with my message, though he is. But what I want to talk about is that church. Look at that. Blessed and highly favored. He found it, if I'm remembering correctly, he found it at like the Salvation Army. It was a thrift find. He's like, I'm wearing this baby. And he could work it. And so the sweatshirt, as funny as it is, is true. He is blessed and highly favored. And as a Christian, you are blessed and highly favored by God. Absolutely. And I remember um, when you guys were young, there was this kind of uh, a teaching stream in, in evangelical Christianity, and they love to really emphasize that aspect of Christianity. I don't know if you, you guys remember that. Like, you're blessed and highly favored. And like our worship songs were like proclamation of how we're blessed and we're highly favored, and you're going to be favored with great jobs and with prosperity and all this. And and it's true that we are, and I'm thankful for God's blessing and favor upon me, upon you guys, upon my family. But um, that's only part of the equation, okay? And so there, my message today to kick off missions is called top line, bottom line. So if you want to put that up, top line, bottom line. And um, as you can tell, I'm not the most uh, artistically inclined when it comes to PowerPoint. So if anybody wants, any students out there that are artistic, that are good at this kind of stuff, I love some help. You know, I can just tell you what I want on the slide. But here, you, there you go, black and white. There it is, baby. So um, blessed and highly favor is the top line. But there's a bottom line, and we're going to talk about that today, and that's my sermon on missions. Now, I've got another illustration for you before we get into the Word of God. Is that all right? And Abby, don't get too excited here. Don't get too excited, but let's see the next slide. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is, some of you in here are probably, like, paying attention now, finally. This is an accounting spreadsheet. This is a cash flow statement from a company. Now, have you ever heard, been in a conversation with people? We're going to get to that. I'll explain it in just a minute. But have you ever been in a conversation or you've seen a movie or you've seen people talking and they're talking about an issue and then finally somebody goes, listen, man, what's the bottom line? Have anybody heard this before, that phrase or no? What's the, bo what's the bottom line? Well, that's an accounting phrase. And nobody knows that. It's the accounting phrase. Because when it comes to accounting, so this is a fictitious business. This is Company A. They've got a really creative name. And on the top line, the top line of, of a cash flow statement or an income statement, not a cash flow, an income statement is revenue. So this company had $550,000 of revenue. Yay! Sounds good, right? Well, that doesn't it's not the only thing that matters. That's the top line. And then when you go down in it, you will see there's the cost of goods sold and the gross profit. So basically, you're looking at a bunch of different expenditures of this company. So you've got the top line, which is your sales. Simple. 
expenses to run the business, and then the bottom line, literally the bottom line, is the net income. So they had $550,000 in revenue, and they only made $12,500. Okay, but you get it, right? The bottom line is what's most important, because you could have a top line of $500 billion. Wow, I got a top line. We made $500 billion. What's your bottom line? Negative $100 billion. Not good, right? Because the goal is to have a bottom line that's positive. Okay, now come back to me. Now let's focus on Jesus again. I just want you to understand there's a top line and there's a bottom line. And the bottom line when it comes to the blessing of God in your life is, is different than the top line, but it's the most important. And so today we're going to talk not just about the top line, but what's the bottom line in your life for being a missional Christian. And I want to pray with you and then we'll jump into the words. So Father, we thank you for the incredible blessing that has been poured out upon us in Christ Jesus. And we are blessed, and we are highly favored. But Lord, there's a reason why. And I pray that as we begin this missions focus in H12, that you will supernaturally speak to us, guide us, direct us, and use our core groups in H2O to be lights for Jesus Christ, not only here, but around the world, as we understand what the bottom line of all this is. We give it to you now, God. Guide me, I pray by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get into the Word of God. If you um, have your Bible, or if you have the Bible on your phone, and you want to um, open it up to Genesis chapter 12, the main passage of my sermon today is going to be Old Testament. And you know, we're talking about missions, and when you talk about missions, you would think I'd probably use Matthew 28, right? The Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. We talk a lot about this in H2O, and that's important. But the origin of our call to be missional, the origin of our call to have an impact on missions is found in Genesis. And Genesis 12 is a really amazing story. Um, it is uh, a snippet of the life of a man named Abraham. And this is before he was even called Abraham. He was just called Abram. And um, let's read it together. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And stop there. Hey, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? How'd you like to hear that um, from God? <laughs> you know, it's pretty incredible. So, Abram, of course, is living in a city called Ur. It was a pagan city. Uh, they weren't serving the living God. They were worshiping false gods and idols and, and demons of all sort. And the Lord calls this man. He saw something in this man named Abram, and he, he said, leave this city. It's all you know. It's your whole family, but leave it. I'm not telling you where you're going to end up, but just trust me. You need to leave it, and I'm going to show you where you're going to go. And then he pronounces this blessing. And the blessing, the Abrahamic blessing that we just read is the top line. 
That's the blessing. That's the top-line blessing, that God would give him favor and give him an anointing and would give him a great nation and would give him wealth. And all of these things were true. But people stop too early because you have to understand the bottom line in this passage. And let's, let's go on in the passage. Let's look at the bottom line. In verse 3, second part here, God says this. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. God's blessing and favor upon the man Abraham was not to stop at him. And whenever God blesses you and blesses me, it is certainly because he loves you and he wants to bless you, just like any good father would want to bless his children. But that's not the bottom line. The bottom line is God has blessed you to be a blessing to others. And God gave the Abrahamic blessing upon Abraham not to just bless him and his descendants, the Jews, but to bless the entire world, that through this man, the gospel would go forth and bless everyone in the world. That is the bottom line. Now, we see this in the New Testament as well, and so we're going to turn to Galatians. Galatians is just such an amazing letter, isn't it? Man, any, does anybody like Galatians here? Love Galatians. Man, look at that. Chris, Pastor Chris loves Galatians. Galatians is incredible. And as Paul is writing this letter to the Galatians in chapter 3, you're going to see that Paul refers back to the story I just read to you that promised to Abraham, and he gives this whole New Testament interpretation. Now, in light of the coming of Jesus Christ, in light of the Messiah and the death and resurrection of our Lord and his ascension to heaven, it was the picture was even more fully revealed through the church of what was really encapsulated in the seed of that blessing to Abraham. And here, uh, Paul is talking about it in Galatians chapter 3. Listen to Galatians 3, verse 7 through 9. He says, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and he announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. Okay, let's stop right there. This is very interesting because when, if you know the story of, of God in the world and you know the scriptures, you know that the emergence of the gospel and the whole narrative of the gospel is in the New Testament, right? This is the gospel. We call them the gospel of, what are the four gospels? Bible scholars, very good, thumbs up. Those are called the gospels. Jesus came proclaiming the gospel. And as you know, the word gospel is a, basically a translation of what could be called the good news. Jesus taught the good news when he came to earth. He proclaimed the gospel. Well, here Paul is saying in our passage that God announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, who lived 2,000 plus years before Jesus came to earth. So what, how could he possibly say that was the gospel? Well, because this is the message of the gospel. Let's read, let's go on, listen to the gospel. And he announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, quote, all nations will be blessed through you. All nations will be blessed through you. 
the good news of the Abrahamic promise was not simply that Abraham would be blessed, but that through his descendants, all nations will be blessed. Sometimes when I'm listening to a sermon, pastors will ask a response. They like response, you know, and they'll say things like, how many nations? All nations. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't always do that, but anyway, how many nations? All nations. Very good, very good. I'm one of those guys now. Um, but, I, you know, it is silly and funny that, that we can do those things, but it, it is a point. All nations, not even most, not some, not a little, all nations will be blessed through the Abrahamic promise. And as you know, that promise was fulfilled through his descendants, Mary and Joseph, when Christ came into the world through the womb of the virgin. And Christ came and he proclaimed the good news. That was the uh, culmination of that Old Testament narrative that went on for thousands of years in the coming of our Savior. The bottom line promise to Abraham is still being fulfilled. Now, ultimately, it will be fulfilled in heaven, right? And we'll look at a passage today. You'll see a picture of that ultimate fulfillment as we look at Revelation. But it is still being fulfilled. And I want to turn your attention now to how you can be a part of the fulfillment of the Abrahamic blessing and promise. And it might not be something you've ever thought about. It's not typically what we think about when we wake, wake up, you know, like, Good morning, Holy Spirit. How can I be a part of the fulfillment of the Abrahamic blessing? Not typically what we think first thing in the morning. She says, wake me up and give me coffee or water or something. Um, but you are a part of the plan. And that's what Missions Month is all about. You are essential to this plan. The, the, the purpose of God, the fulfillment of this promise, will be fulfilled through the church, and you're a part of it. And so I want to talk with you today about how can you be a part of the fulfillment of this promise? How can you be involved with missions? Because you've been a recipient of great blessing, and, and we don't want to hoard it. So there's two main areas. If I was thinking about this, um, I would say there's two areas, okay? There's an overarching area um, that is like daily, and then there's a, a bigger macro area that we're going to talk about. But in terms of the small micro area, and this is really number one, and I hope this isn't lost when we talk about missions in H2O because we talk a lot about giving financially to missionaries around the world, and we talk about um, praying for the, the missionaries that we support and the lost in other continents, and that's essential and it's exciting. But I, I pray that this is never lost, what I'm about to tell you. The number one way that I'm going to be a part of the fulfillment of that promise is by living missionally daily, every day, in my neighborhood, at the grocery store, at the gym, in your dorm, in your apartment, just living missionally every day. Sometimes we get so caught up with the big, large, macro picture, we forgot. It's, being missional means now, in your dorm. Uh, I was just talking with Stephen, sorry to call you out like this, about his dorm, he lives in Munger. Give it up for the grad students here, all right. And I uh, was just talking about the dorm and what a mission field that is, right? As a matter of fact, I've got another illustration for you. 
That's a dorm illustration. You ready for this? It has to do with my wife. Uh, Tammy came as a freshman, and um, she moved into the most beautiful dorm on campus, Bursley. <laughs> and uh, it's the most beautiful area of campus, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you, you moved in as a freshman, and, and you've told this story many times. It's amazing. It illustrates um, how God can use young people missionally. And I hope it inspires you in your apartments and your dorms. Because she had an RA named Sandy Plummer. Was that her maiden name? Sandy Plummer. And Sandy was a missional Christian. And one way that she would live a missional life and help fulfill the Great Commission is by singing songs of worship in the dorm. And uh, she was also, it also helped because she was a voice major. So if you're not a good singer, let's, don't try that, okay? You might, like, drive them away from God. Uh, um, but it's like, whoa, okay, I don't want that. But she was, um, it wasn't opera, I think, or, or, or soprano voice. So you said, yeah. Tammy just said angelic voice, beautiful. And she would sing throughout the halls, and, and she would sing. And, and you had a conversation with her about that, and she began to just talk about how she was in um, Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew, who beat us in football because my son went to Michigan State for the weekend. And many others that will remain nameless that would have helped us have victory. And now we lost to our competitors. Okay, here, focus, focus. Um, Crew is a great ministry, we love them. You know, all the ministries on this campus that are trying to fulfill the Great Commission, we are so grateful to have them. And Crew was, was and is a great ministry as well, just like H2O and all the others. But she began to talk to you about, I'm involved with Crew and uh, in, you, should, you could join me sometime. And Tammy said, uh, all right, I'll join you like right now. Is that right? Put your coat on and you guys went. And she went to crew as a freshman, Bursley freshman, because a, a woman was living a missional life, was not ashamed of the gospel, was willing to sing for Jesus and use the talent that God gave her. And Tammy went and they went to a workshop on the four laws. Maybe some of you have heard of this, but the crew is really good at evangelism, right? And they, they're systematic about it. So they have something called the four spiritual laws. Anybody heard that? Yep. And they were training their students, I think, in, in how to share the four laws. Well, Tammy got to hear it um, and, and just said, this is for me, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. And began to grow in Jesus like crazy and became a leader in crew and just, man, amazing. Went on missions trips, changed your life met me, and then the rest is history. Here we are. So thank God for saying, man, we wouldn't be married if it wasn't for her. Yeah, yeah that's right. The Lord could have used another means. Um, but that's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope this illustration will inspire you. You can do that. So maybe you're not going to sing but what can you do to be missional? How can you reach people right now, every day? Um, when I, and I know it's a struggle because our lives are busy and our lives are chaotic 
but I try to live this out as well and practice it. When I'm at crunch with all the young guys and I'm the oldest man there, I'm always looking for an opportunity to share Jesus. And, you know, sometimes, just to be real, sometimes the guys come up and they want to talk and I just want to finish my tricep workout. You know, I'll just be real. I'm like, because, you know, some guys at the gym, they'd rather talk than work out. I don't know if you're that guy, sorry. But they bug me. But I have to realize Jesus is more important than my health, right? Way more important. And this man's soul is way more important. And so I try to practice this. I'm not just telling you this. I've had multiple encounters praying right in the gym with young men, laying hands on them and praying for them right there living a missional life, being a light for Christ everywhere I am. And so in the dorms, in your classroom, in your apartments, live a missional life. Okay, second major area. Let me kind of land this plane here. And this is really what our overarching focus is for the, the next month. You can also contribute to the evangelization of the world beyond your own small world in four ways. And we have a slogan in Chi Alpha. Some of you heard it before, right? Every student gives, every student goes, every student prays, and every student welcomes. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how you can be a part of the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise through giving financially. And I'll do a whole sermon on that in a couple weeks. And we have a missions fund in H2O where people give faithfully two missions, and we send all that money out to missionaries here in the United States and other uh, mission fields and overseas to the ends of the earth. We'll probably give 20000 or more dollars this year in missions. Isn't that amazing? Over, probably over 20000 It's incredible. And, and I think God could use, use you guys to do even more because missionaries need to have money to do what they do. Every student goes. I want to encourage all of you to go on a short-term missions trip. And some of you have. We've had some awesome trips the last couple of years. Um, and we, we want to encourage you to consider going on a missions trip. I think you went on a missions trip, right, Ethan? Yeah, we, went to the, we did a, a short-term trip to Detroit. Um, and uh, where we will go next year, nobody knows, even me, but Jesus knows. And uh, we're working on it right now. But I want to encourage you to consider not just giving, but going on a missions trip. It will change your life. I alluded to the fact that Tammy did a missions trip. It was your sophomore year, I believe, after your sophomore year, when you did the summer project. Oh, after your junior year. And just transformative for you. I mean, I know your life better than you. That's what 30 years of marriage will do. That was a long, that was 10 years ago for her. 10 years ago. So, uh, transformed her. I'm telling you, if you go on a missions trip, it will transform the people that you touch for Christ. It will transform you. And um, every student prays, and I think we don't need to talk more about that. You get that. We need to intercede for those that are reaching the lost around the world. And every student welcomes, which we're going to talk about next uh, week, because we have international Student Sunday. And I don't need to plug it because Sugar Cane already did a good job. All I got to tell you is this. You never know what Caleb's going to wear on International Student Sunday. But you know what Elliot's going to wear. He always wears that baby. Yes. 
you're pretty much an honorary Korean now because you're married to a wonderful Korean woman. And, yeah. So international, in a sense, international heart. I don't know why I said that. That was really strange. <laughs> we love you, though. It's true, though. Um, but next week is going to be good. Would you guys just pray? I mean, if you know international students, um, this is a practical way you could be missional. Would you invite them to come and join us? Um, we're not going to, like, bait and switch them and tell them, you're all going to hell and come to Jesus. We just want to invite them here to let them experience the presence of God, hear about the goodness of our God, and to have a great meal afterwards. It's amazing. We're going to have international music, food. So bring internationals. Just invite them. The worst thing they can do is say no. I mean, that's it. That's not a bad downside. The best thing is they come and encounter some of the Holy Spirit, you know. So next week's going to be amazing. And then the following week, we're going to have Faith Promise Sunday where we're going to make our faith promises for mission. So excited. But hey, I want to have the band come on up. Yes, it is a miracle. I'm done. Wow, my sermon is over. And everybody said amen. Um, so band coming up. We're going to close with a great song of worship and um, we appreciate you guys. Really want to see God use you missionally and use H2O. And um, man, it's going to be a great month of missions. Looking forward to it. So can we stand together? And uh, band, thanks for leading us. Appreciate you guys.